Hello, welcome to Keep Going with Arrows. My name's Daniel. This is our podcast about bootstrapping our SaaS company called Arrows. Uh, with me is my co-founder, Benedict. Hey. So what should we do first? We, we had a customer uh, pay this morning, right? Yeah, that's true. And this then marks our 10th customer or the 10th person slash company that has paid us for Arrows. They're all people, even when they're companies, they're still people. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah, number 10, that's pretty exciting. Uh, four of those were still the people that pre-ordered. That's six since we now had a working product and, and 10 overall feels pretty great. Yeah, it feels like a nice little milestone. Yeah, definitely. So we also talked last week about how we had two onboardings last week. One had paid and one had not paid. So that company was number nine. The second one did pay and we onboarded both of them, which is pretty great. How, how did you feel those calls went? So we had one on Wednesday and one on Thursday. They were both pretty, pretty intense calls, like in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. It was very much, you could tell that they were immediately trying to see how Eros fits into their kind of process and their world and who's doing what and who's building the templates and who's actually implementing them and who's going to be the person more living in this tool and who's going to be poking their head in every once in a while and being there as all that gets figured out can be a little overwhelming, but also really encouraging because you can tell that they're serious about integrating it into their. Yeah, definitely. And I, th I think I had, I tweeted about both of them after, or the second one after it happened because both of them were so encouraging in that way of where the people showed up, they were ready to go. They were gung ho about the tool. They, they had their like onboarding documents that they, you know, that's one of the steps we have, like bring your onboarding doc documents that you currently have. So that way we can transfer them into this tool. Like they had all that stuff they knew they had in mind how they were planning to use it. They wanted our input and they wanted our guidance, but they, they weren't needing us to lead them, which was mm -hmm. really cool. Right. It was a good blend of, oh, what would you do in this situation? But having enough of a base where we could give more concrete feedback. Yeah. And both of them also, the other thing, I guess we didn't really talk about last week afterwards, you and I, they, they both have ambitions to roll it out in much broader use cases. One of them has like sister companies that they might roll it over into if, if it works well for them. And the other one has multiple use cases that they might um, roll it out to. And then actually they both wanted us to build out some sort of embed functionality so they could start potentially in the future, roll it out to the people who are lower touch customers who don't need a, a separate onboarding tool like uh, these high touch customers. Right. So both kind of points also in a potential future direction or something that we can expand into in terms of usefulness and functionality. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting kind of thing. We keep pushing off. Oh, we want to do that, but it, we, we right now we are a workflow tool for people who do onboardings, but in the future we become a onboarding solution entirely, you know, possibly we can go that route. Um, right. Because the thing that we also often see is that high touch onboardings are often only part of the users being onboarded or a certain subset versus, you know, companies where it's just high touch onboardings. In my mind, I'm thinking towards right now, we, t we don't really have our pricing figured out, but it's either it's a per seat pricing for each person who is onboarding or maybe buckets. You only have a couple buckets. Like how do we get to a point where people grow their usage in arrows? The idea of expanding into kind of covering all your onboardings across all of your customer types or helping you map that out gets to be very interesting for us from a like sustainability standpoint as a business. 
Like companies can come on and they can try this one feature and then they can expand it to other types of customers. It gets us to be in a really nice place. And then they're more embedded in their product and they're less likely to churn because of that because it's not so uh, human workflow centric. And, and that's pretty exciting. But before we get there, I think that kind of segues decently into the case studies that we had tried to do. And so we had one call last week uh, where someone was happy to give us a case study. We have another one this week, uh, but let's talk a little bit about the one from last week. We said last week on the podcast, our goal for our quote-unquote piece of content last week was we were going to launch a case study on our website. One of those early customers who'd been using it for a couple months now, we'd get on a call and, and turn that into something that was a clear customer on our website that people could look at and, and know that we're a legit product that people use and have gotten value from. Right now you come and it's pretty basic and, it, and it, it looks real, but it's also, it might just be two guys and there's no customers. You don't, you don't actually know. And we're aware of that. So we, were, we figured we'd go make a case study and we set it up in a way with them that we're going to get your feedback. It's been a while since we checked in. Let's see how it's going. And if it's going well, we'll spend the second half of the call kind of recording the case study bit. And then we never got to the second half of that call. I think it was, it was very interesting because I think the feeling that we both had was that this company is using it and using it successfully, but not to a degree where, or we feel like we're close to it really becoming powerful for them, but it's not quite there yet. And so I think the feeling that we both had was let's, wait a little bit and see if we can push the product forward so that it really becomes the thing that they want it to be more than it already is. The, the feeling I think we both had is that the product has a lot of promise up front. People are really excited about it. That's why they're buying and that's why they're interested. But the follow through isn't there yet. Once you actually get into using it and having it, we still have some, there's some workflows or some, some views that we need to design or some features we need to add, some little things that start, once you kind of add them up over time, they start really bringing the whole thing together and helping the tool exist in a way that can cover all the bases. And so we got great feedback from, I think both of us got off that call. It could have been something that was very discouraging, but I think both of us got off feeling very energized because the, the they want it to work and they were telling us they can see how it can get to the point where it's working um, perfectly. And they showed us all the, the Google Docs that they would like to replace and the Salesforce report that they would like to replace. And we have very actionable next steps of how to make it actually solve all those problems for them. And they fit within our broader vision of where the product's going. They're just much more specific, which was uh, really helpful. I think it's also the sense of we have enough people using it now. And I think that's why the hitting 10 customers feels good is because the feedback that we got was so concrete and so excellent where it just felt like if we build this, it will make sense. And we're not really guessing. And we've now, like you said, with 10 customers and think of how many demos and calls we've done to get those 10 customers, all the feedback we're getting now. And a lot of the stuff we heard on Friday, I think really fits well into things that the other customers would like also, or would really help them, even if they haven't fully articulated it yet, because they aren't maybe deep enough in the product, but we can see how they will hit those hurdles, like maybe in the next month or so. So right. now we're in a weird race against the clock to, to get there. Hopefully we can build enough before they hit those, those hurdles. Exactly. I think that's the big thing is now we have this surge of confidence that we know what we need to build. Whereas before I didn't feel like we had that. And 
that made it hard to sit down and try to pick what to build next? Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting. About, what, nine months ago or so when we were first building this idea of arrows, we were doing research. The idea from the beginning of research till the quote-unquote end when we started actually coding it two or three months in, something like that, the idea, the core of it did not change very much, but all the research and feedback we got made it just so much more clear and defined. And I think that's what, what probably happened here is a lot of the stuff is not that different than what we thought we would build next two months ago, but it was very vague and hazy. Now it's a lot more clear. Right. It's vague in the sense that it isn't that different. You know, if you start building it one week in, it's not going to be that different, but I think the difference is the direction that it's pointing. Mm -hmm. And I think that we could have gotten ourselves into trouble if we had started building without all this stuff that we know now two months down the line, because the direction was just two degrees off over a long enough distance. That makes a big difference. I I don't think it's too much to say here. Uh, We're not going to list our whole product ideas yet, but we launched without comments on to-dos and tasks. So people have to email about that stuff. So it keeps coming up. Obviously we need to add comments. So now we're going to prioritize that. And this week we're going to figure out how do we do comments in a way that are good and solve all these problems, these specific issues that we've heard people mention, but also we're not so big of an implementation that it takes us a month and things like that. People want to be able to assign a specific task to somebody so they can delegate it to their engineer or whomever. And there's ways to build that that take a month and there's ways to build that that take maybe a week. And so our goal is now after this call, we're going to spend the afternoon shaping what that work looks like for the next maybe two weeks. And then maybe plan like a a month's worth of high level goals, but not really the actual work yet. Exactly. So that's the main goal for the foreseeable future. And the other one thing that we wanted to touch on was that we've been talking to people, writers, content makers about potentially hiring someone to take some of that off of our plate. So last week we had a call with somebody, you know, from your coworking space back when you actually went there. We have another call today with somebody, an intro from somebody we respect. We're bootstrapping, but we've got some money from clients. So we we feel comfortable maybe hiring a contractor to help take some of that work off our plate, especially now that we're getting back into product development. We want to be able to uh, feel confident that we are not pulling ourselves in too many directions. So if we can help set the direction and and share the knowledge and things that we've had, but then these content people help us form that into useful pieces that then we can publish and then start promoting I think we feel pretty confident that that would be a worthy investment. Yep, exactly. I think the last thing to tie that over or tie that together is, you know, we had the the implementation plan uh, template that we put up about two weeks ago. I think we have 20 something people from ConvertKit that have downloaded that. We're starting to see people schedule demos and we don't really know where they came from and they're getting recommended arrows or linked to arrows from somebody else. And it seems like they're finding them from LinkedIn and all the messages you, you've been posting, Benedict, on these forums. So it, it, it seems to be working, this sort of sharing our knowledge and sharing the things we've learned and seen and being involved. It might not work forever, but it's working really well now. And it's starting to get us really good demos. Like we have three demos today and they all seem uh, pretty on point. And we have a couple more later this week. So I think five total this week that at least four of them seem like people who are very realistic buyers. So that would be great. Which is also funny because two or three weeks ago, we were doing essentially the same thing and not seeing anything really come out of it. 
Yeah, it's funny. Our traffic to our site is not that much more. It's only marginally more, but it's the people are starting to discover it. And we, we tweak the headline on the site. You know, there's minor things, but I don't think any of that really is a change. It's just all of it coming together and culminating. And the demo, the 10th customer, the person we demoed on Friday, he committed on Saturday, paid this morning. After the demo on Friday, tweeted about the demo and how good it was. Another demo I had on Thursday, people are starting to share, like there's a confidence around it, or at least an interest enough to to talk about it. And all that stuff starts adding up. So it feels pretty good. Yep, definitely. Well, cool. Let's go figure out what product we're going to build. Sounds good. See you next week.